By his wounds we are healed. His wounds on the cross heal our wounds. What are our wounds? Today we focus on the wounds of sexual sin, the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And here God is protecting us from the emotional and spiritual damage of participating in sex outside of marriage. And by his wounds, we are healed. So how about this for a sermon topic? Repent. Now, Jesus came and had the message throughout his ministry of repent and believe. And with it, he issued in the kingdom of heaven. So today, we hear the injunction, repent, adultery, cheating on your spouse. National surveys indicate that 15% of married women and 24% of men married, one out of four have had extramarital affairs. No wonder our divorce rate is so high. Repent. Pornography. One in five of all internet searches are for pornography. How much is spent on online pornography? How about this? Over $3 million per second. Repent. Christians, how are we doing? 65% of non-Christians, non-Christian men, have used pornography in the last month. 65%. What's that statistic for Christian men? 64%. How many Christian women? 15%. Repent. Here's the problem. At least for me. I usually don't repent when I hear sermons on repentance. It puts me usually in a sorrier spiritual state. When preachers, including myself, rail against the wickedness in the world, it makes me wish everyone else would repent. And after hearing these revolting statistics and the evil of adultery... Well, sometimes I feel I'm not so bad in comparison. Well, maybe I'm at the top end of the grading curve. In other words, sermons on repentance tend to make me unbearably self-righteous, which is the worst sin of all. And ironically enough, I truly am the one who needs to repent. So in his memoir, An American Life, Ronald Reagan recalled a state dinner at the White House. French Premier Francois Mitterrand and his wife were the guests of honor. And after 
Reagan uh, Premier Mitterrand and their wives finished greeting the other guests in the East Room, they all went to the state dining room. Now, the proper protocol was this. Everyone would stand until Nancy Reagan led the premier to her table and President Reagan led Mrs. Mitterrand to his table. So Nancy and Mr. Mitterrand headed for their table. But Mrs. Mitterrand stood still even after the butler motioned for her to be seated. She whispered something into Reagan's ear, but it was in French, and he didn't understand. Meanwhile, the guests remained standing. President Reagan quietly told her, we're supposed to go over there to the table on the other side. Mrs. Mitterrand whispered something back, but Reagan still didn't understand what she was saying. Then an interpreter approached Reagan and said, she's telling you that you're standing on her gown. (laughs) You see, I'm pretty good at spotting your sin. And what I mean by that Oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty good at spotting sin. And what I mean by that is I'm pretty good at spotting your sin. I'm not so good at realizing it when I'm the one stepping on the gown. In 2003, in a small town of Forest, Ohio, a traveling evangelist, Don Hartman, held a revival at the First Baptist Church. In Mr. Hartman's words, we had a right good crowd of folks. He was preaching on repentance, and shortly after he started preaching, a storm rolled in. As the thunder began to rumble, Hartman told the congregation that in the Bible, God's voice sometimes sounded like thunder, and that God was Speaking to them tonight. Hartman looked heavenward and said, That's right, God, we hear you. Just then, a bolt of lightning struck the church. And Hartman, who was wearing a cordless mic, experienced sparks of electricity from his belt buckle to his microphone. And there was a blue aura in the building as the lights flickered on and off and the sound system exploded. Heavy clay tiles fell from the ceiling and, oh, from the steeple and they fell off and they damaged a car in the parking lot, but no one was hurt. And Mr. Hartman continued to preach on repentance until a church trustee came in and said, the steeple is on fire. When God tells the world to repent, it's always hard to realize that he might be talking to me. A woman was caught in adultery. The people were ready to stone her. And Jesus' words... 
the one without sin, you cast the first stone, and the stones dropped one by one. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus said to the woman. Go and leave your life of sin. Jesus taught about the kingdom of God in the Sermon on the Mount. He began with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit, it meant humble desperation before God. It was a message of repentance. Turn from God. The word in Greek means literally change your mind and turn around. And in Hebrew thought, it was change your heart. Have a new heart. Don't hide your sin. Believe the good news. I have come to heal your hearts, Jesus says. And when it came to the topic of adultery in the Sermon of the Mount, this is what he said. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. And it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body go to hell. Now, Jesus is not advocating self-mutilation. He is advocating don't dodge repentance. Check your heart. Look under the surface. Lust. This is serious. Why? It is something that can displace the position where the kingdom of God needs to rule. At the center, it is the place where Jesus himself needs to rule. Yes, even in your thought life, don't let anything get in the way of that. Especially, don't let your self-righteousness get in the way. Don't pretend by saying, I'm good enough on my own, at least better than that statistic. Repent? Yes. It's not just what the other guys need to do. The leaders, religious leaders in Jesus' day pointed out that Jesus went into the home of a known sinner, a tax collector, and they invite, and then that tax collector invited his sinner friends to the dinner. Didn't Jesus know who he was eating with? He was eating with sinners. And in their thinking, that type of sin would rub off. Precisely would be Jesus' position. Precisely. You see, your sin needs to rub off 
on me. That my righteousness would rub off on you. No matter what the sin is, my righteousness is enough. By his wounds we are healed. The wounds of the cross took the punishment of my impure thoughts, of your impure thoughts on Jesus himself. His wounds paying the price of my impure actions and your impure actions. And with that healing comes not just forgiveness, but freedom. Like the woman caught in adultery, we too can leave that lifestyle because we have someone else to go to. I've often wondered what happened after that woman who was not condemned by Jesus went back to her life. Did she ever sin again? Probably. No, certainly. But where did she go? And were those around her eager to condemn her or to bring her once again to the forgiving power of Jesus because they too saw their need to repent. Like Matthew, can we admit our sin and invite him to dinner? You see, we can't by our own willpower rid ourselves of thoughts and lust, even as dangerous as they are, but he can invite him to your dinner. Repent. Believe. It's not just a matter from, of turning from our thoughts of lust. It's getting that old nature beneath those thoughts of lust to exit. And how is that done? By inviting the presence of Jesus himself. It's inviting someone to take his place, Jesus. Repent? Yes. Turn from those thoughts, those actions, that lust, that adultery that we all face. But turn to Jesus. Invite him to dinner. And remember that by his wounds we are healed. Amen. Our worship continues with a confession and our turning to him for the promise of his forgiveness and freedom. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have broken your commandments by our own thoughts, words, and deeds. We are undeserving of your presence. We deserve to be shunned for the impurity within us. We have not loved our brothers and sisters as we ought, and we have not cared for your creation. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, 
have mercy on us and give us the healing power of your love that we may walk again in your ways and live to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God is gracious and merciful and he desires that we be made free of the burden of our sin. And through Jesus Christ, who bore the cross for our sake and for the sake of the whole world, there's healing, hope, and life. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our prayers continue. The congregation responds after the refrain, Lord, in your mercy, uh, with uh, heal us, O God. The gracious Lord, we pray for your presence in our life, that invitation that you would join us just as you joined Matthew, the tax collector, and the other collection of sinners. We ask that you would join us as just as you welcomed the woman caught in adultery. That in that joining, O oh Lord, there would be that healing that you know each one of us need in our own personalized way. You know what that is. So, Lord, in your mercy, heal us, O oh God. And we pray for our world, for a sex-saturated culture that's locked in the grip of slavery to sin and the destruction that it brings to marriages and families and individual lives. Lord, let your word of truth draw people to you and the healing that comes through a relationship with Jesus himself and invitation into our homes, our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, heal us, O oh God. We pray all this in the name of Jesus who has taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.